Now, True Wealth, presented by Little John Financial Services. Here are David Little John and Katie Shook with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. All right, gang, it is that time. It is officially the best Tuesday you have had all week. Welcome to the True Wealth Radio Show. I am your host, Dave Littlejohn. And in studio is Katie Shook. And we are having a ton day. I know. I, I joked Legit around. Legit ton day. I was talking to our office cleaners this morning and I said, it's t-. And she goes, happy Monday. And I said, no, it's ton day. And she goes, what? And I said, nope, David has coined. It's ton day. It's Tuesday and Monday together and it always feels like a ton of work. So it is. It's, it's a ton. You, the, you know, Memorial Day happened and, you know, that's one of those. I hope that folks took a moment to to seriously reflect on what that means. Right. Right. Memorial Day. You know, we have Veterans Day. It's fantastic when we get to celebrate those that have uh, served. And, you know, we certainly salute all of our veterans. But Memorial Day is for those that are no longer here. Right. And that is a really big deal. Uh, I was talking to my kids about that. A Good. Little bit. Uh, grew up as a I'm the first of three generations to not be career military. That's fascinating, by right. the way. How did right. you figure that one out? So it's just it's just the way it worked out. And it's funny because I went almost the polar opposite. Right. You go from being a, a soldier under the employee of the of the country to uh, being an entrepreneur and being entirely self-employed and navigating everything uh, sort of on the opposite end of the spectrum. True. So it's a really hard break. And uh, it's funny because I've spoken to my family about it uh, many, many times. None of them begrudge that that I didn't serve. I mean, it's, there's nothing weird about it. So does your dad still keep like a military closet? Like are his shoes still lined up? Are there things that you're like, yep, you can tell you were in the military? Or has it been so many moons now that things have kind of relaxed? So a there little? are things like uh, he still flies a flag and with proper protocol, right? So if it's going to be out, it needs Past to be dark or in the rain and so or... forth. Well, you know, you can leave a flag out in the weather, but it's supposed to be if it's on display and the sun sets, it's supposed to be illuminated. Okay, right, things like that. Um, his flag is not on a flagpole, so it doesn't go with a like a half mast or anything like that, but. I believe you'd certainly respect that. So there, there are protocols that are formal patriotic protocols that we still observe. And uh, I actually love that. Uh, personally, there are still things that, you know, for all of the chaos of this country, in terms of the political opinions and the partisanship, right? Just the, right. the folks that said, my team versus your team instead of our team. And it is, it's just a challenge. But uh, I still think that at least the, the fundamental principles that this country was founded on are pretty extraordinary and exceptional. It's true. And I am, I'll be the first to step, and say, step up and say, for all of the problems that we experience, we are so, so blessed in yes. this country. Yes, we are. Uh, I have seen third world poor. And let me tell you, we don't have third world poor no. in our country. Right. I've, I've walked those streets and, and been in dysentery clinics and seen people drinking from when I say polluted rivers. I mean, like the trash they're they're wading through the trash as they're trying to gather water. I've seen this firsthand. We do not experience that level of poverty here. And I'm very grateful for that. Right. Poverty exists and there's disparities in wealth and so forth. I'm not trivializing that. but I'm just telling you this land is extraordinary and. It, I just I often think, you know, just imagine if folks would pull together 
Like what we could be. I know, like, right. It has great potential. It does. (laughs) Uh, And then I also realized that I'll be the first one. This, so True Wealth Show, this is about navigating the capital systems. Okay. So let's not, I don't want to get too, I I think it's very important that I understand my heart as a patriot, but I will tell you that, you know, I'm not going to, when I say, imagine if we all pulled together, yes, but that's voluntary and intentional. I don't think you can force people to get along. No. Right. I mean, not I, any I, more than you can your family at times. <laughs> I will tell you that I've been in large HOAs and small ones, and never once have I seen unanimous agreement on everything. It's so true. when folks say, "Well, we need more of the government to make this thing happen," let me tell you, you're not bringing everybody with you. People will disagree. It's true. So Very my true. philosophy has remained that the lowest common denominator tends to be the best form of government that maximizing your amount of discretionary decision autonomy is good. And that's what this program gets to focus on, is how are you going to go navigate that? <laughs> many, many different right? ways. Well, I it's was... really easy. If you have no freedom at all, you just do what you're told. You don't have any decisions either, so I guess that part's pretty straightforward. But if you get decisions and you get freedoms, then you get responsibilities and consequences. Well, Woo-hoo! And it's fascinating when we have a concept of what we think other governments work like, and then you talk to people who have actually lived in those countries under those rules, and they'll give you a totally different story. Well, right. There so. are lots of things that are funny. I mean, we oftentimes talk about really big picture stuff, and we don't address... It's like saying, we really should do a better job of forest fire management while your own backyard's on fire. it's it's that kind of thing where don't talk about my mistakes i want to talk about everybody else's like well okay but maybe you should mind your own store too right i'm not saying you you don't you should never crusade but i'm saying you should probably consider yourself in that i remember sitting with somebody one time who was talking about how we needed more environmental laws and then i watched him get up and walk outside and smoke a cigarette and i just thought Wow, that is a really tough sell there, champ. Right. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, one must examine their level of uh, engagement, hypocrisy, I suppose. So, I want to talk about some stuff today that we need to. It's just on my brain. I like right? it. Let's pick your brain then. What what has been ailing at you? So in it's your... not ailing. It's it's for all of the things that people listen to financial pros about. What are the things that you don't need a financial pro for, but you still need to do? Save for retirement? Right. We're going to talk about some blocking. <laughs> I don't know. I was just throwing it yeah, out there. <laughs> blocking and tackling today. I okay, love that you use basics. sports analogies all the time. Right. You got to get back to the fundamentals of finance. And we just don't teach these well in school. There are funny, simple fundamentals of finance. Well, and sometimes it's easier to talk about the concept, and then it's like, okay, how do we do the execution? Right. And this is something that we are going to be working our way towards. Stay tuned for more, because I've had enough people ask if I could help teach their children. Oh, and we've had schools call right? and ask. So, so people are calling and saying, we don't really have a lot of great materials to equip students. And the teachers are also saying, and by the way, I could learn a few things, too. Right. right. Or so, the material that they have is very one track, and sometimes it's not always the only track. Yeah. Well, as an example of that, you know, we get folks that will come to us and ask about, you know, how do we invest and how do we qualify for more government programs? And let me tell you what I believe one, one of the missions of this program is. 
I would like it to be where you don't ever need to qualify for a government program. That's okay? an awesome. A, a, that's like an awesome a government goal. safety Hando net or, program. Yeah. Okay. So I don't think you if, if if we can help everybody to get to a point where they are funding their own pathway. Okay. Meaning that you're you're a net payer into the tax system rather than a net withdrawer from the tax system. Okay. That's a good spot to be in. Right. You know, and if you're out there thinking to yourself, oh, I want to take the government for everything, I go, check your attitude, right? If you have enough that you can afford to pay taxes, and I'm not saying you're getting beaten by them, but you can afford to, because the people that I know that make good livings, they can, in fact, afford to pay taxes. Now, careful, I didn't just advocate for higher taxes. No. If you heard that, you're listening with an agenda, because I didn't say that. No. Okay. What I'm saying, though, is taxes in and of themselves are not evil. They serve a purpose. And I would love mm -hmm. it if we got our citizenry to the point where everybody was productive enough that it, for the people that can, that they are paying into the system. Well, and Now, I said can, not will. Or have to. Or any right? of the... I mean, there, there are uh, certainly scenarios where the safety net is really valuable and important. Okay? There are other scenarios where it can be abused. True. And I'm not drawing the line over when it is or isn't. That's not the point. To those that don't have to have the safety net because they're capable, let's get everybody there. productive. There, yeah. Right? And so if you're a net contributor, that's where we win. Now, we may have to discuss that our elected officials need to work on a budget just like we do. That would be nice to that see government on a budget. We, we may <laughs> And have... not one with an automatic built-in increase just because it's like, well, we spent this much last year, so we need this much more this year. It's like, but do you? Right. And we may need to discuss the ethics of government spending because, frankly, I have a real problem borrowing from future generations to pay for today's when you're doing things that are only spent on today. Okay. Right. It's not it's helping. That. If you're building stuff. roads and infrastructure and buildings and things that have a lifespan that exceeds the moment of purchase, then that's why you sometimes front load a little bit. Right. You know, we still use the White House. We're not paying for it again and again and again. It's true. But the people that are receiving their paychecks, we shouldn't be using borrowed money from the next generation to pay for the paychecks of people working today. True. Okay. So. I think that there are some principles that need to be adopted, and that's all back to the fundamentals of finance that folks oftentimes miss. So we're going to unpack some of those today, and we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about the budgeting process a little bit. Okay. Right? Katie, you're all over that one, I know. I'm all over that one. I got it. We're going to talk a little bit about financial planning. There's two types of plans. Did you know that? No, but we're I gonna bet talk, we're going to unpack that. Right, we're going to talk about a couple different types of plans. And then we're going to talk about some of the basic rules of success and how you get started on the pathway to, let's just call it financial success. But uh, speaking of finances, we do have to take a break first because obscene profits must fund this organization. <laughs> so we will do that first. Uh, stick around after very important messages from sponsors that we're about to hear from. And other stuff. This is Dave Littlejohn. And Katie Shipp. You got True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN.
All right, gang, welcome back to the True Well Show on this Atunday. It is Atunday, but happy June. I can't believe the year is like close to halfway over. The kids have less than two weeks of school. This will really throw you off, though. Uh oh. June 21st is the longest day of the year. No, it's so starting in, to feel like it, though. In three weeks, the days start getting shorter. Well, let me tell you, there's been multiple times that driving down the road or something, and I'm thinking like, oh, it's 6, 37 o'clock. It's like 10. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> it's a lot yep. later than I thought I need to get to bed. It is pretty wild. It's fun, though. I love Oregon summers for that reason. I love that it stays light late. Yeah. Makes me happy. And you being solar-powered should be all fully charged up. My goodness. As I, he's yawning. I, well, that's for different reasons. Um, yeah, that's blood sugar management. No, I'm good to go. And it's funny because, yeah, I'll get to bed at, I don't know, 11, 11.30, and then the sun starts peeking in about 10 after 5, and I'm like, and I'm up. <laughs> like, really? It's like, oh, man, I'm going to be tired later. It's like, but I'm up. So away we go. Does it sound like the horse races? And away they go. Yeah, and they're off. <laughs> so... Look, gang, we're talking today about blocking and tackling. If you are just joining the program, you're just in time, right? If you want to catch the beginning, go back and grab our podcast. It's at littlejohnfs.com, right? And you can go under the Educate tab. Feel free to explore the space, right? You don't really get around there. There's all kinds of good information. Uh-oh, he's um, channeling somebody, but I wasn't sure where the accent was coming from. Christopher okay. Walken. Uh, and we're... So... You know, blocking and tackling, we want to talk about a few things. Okay. So I'm not going to, I'm off my high horse of trying to uh, encourage the government to spend differently, <laughs> um, you know, but I will vote. Right. Glad we had this talk. Okay. Number one rule in finance, spend less than you make. Sounds easy. Okay. This is the number one rule. You need to spend less money than you make. Right. If you were not doing that, then you better have a really big pot of money. Yes. Okay? Because you're going to start whittling away at that. And if you run out of money, then you better have a really viable way to start earning it again so that you're not spending less than you make. Right. Okay? It turns out that's spending more not than possible. Right. Like, like we're not you can't deficit spend. You might be able to use credit cards for a little while, but at some point those turn off too. And then you have a challenge. Well, yeah, because now you have no extra to borrow and all of the outgo that already went to make up. Yes. So so I have seen more people, and I've certainly heard all the stories about folks that have financially wounded themselves through bad behavior by spending money they didn't have early on. Right. That you got to stop. And here's the other one. This is the big trap. Okay. If you... Put all of your bills on a credit card and pay them off at the end of every month. That's okay, but okay. And and you know, again, some people are going to say, "Is it okay? Is it okay?" What I'm telling you is not a moral. It's okay. I'm not suggesting you do that. But what I'm telling you is, if you are using the credit card to fund your lifestyle, then your paycheck arrives and you pay it off. You're using the credit card for the float. Okay, you need to have the money in the account. Before you start spending it. Before you start spending it. Right, because what happens if that paycheck doesn't come? Correct. Then now all of a sudden you you're owie. So owie. you don't do that. Right. Okay. And that will drive folks up the wall too. 
I'm not, believe it or not, my goal is not to focus on the basics on this program. I think that our, a lot of our listeners, first of all, I think a lot of you out there listening, you're probably well on your way to or perhaps in retirement already. So some of you, you know this stuff. Some of you, you're you know looking at where you're trying to go. And then some of you are maybe thinking, how can I teach others or encourage them to listen, something like that. And then some of you are just thinking, my gosh, how do we get this person on the radio? Should I change the channel? Oh, never. And the answer is no. No, no you're about to learn something here. Because blocking and tackling steps, these are things that everybody should have, regardless of whether or not you're working with a financial professional. True. Okay. So let's talk about a few of these. Okay. First of all, uh, something that I think everybody should have, and you actually do, but it might not be what you think it is. Okay. All right. That sounded Number like a one. bad riddle that I'm not going to guess. Yeah. What's something that everybody has, but not everybody has it right? I don't know based if on If you're that. a U.S. citizen, I should stay. What, every, what everybody has. Everybody has it. But not everybody has it right. I don't know. A will. Oh. Okay. And if you're thinking to yourself, that's weird because I don't have a will. Yeah, you went somewhere like because we were talking about budgets, and then you just took like a sharp left turn, and I went, wait, I'm still going straight. Yeah, and you're you on the left. budgets. Okay. And I'm going to financial. Remember, this is stuff that ah. everybody needs in their financial world. You need this, but uh, and it doesn't matter whether or not you have a financial pro in your life. Right? True. Do it yourselfers need this too. And that is a will. Well, and you have one, right? But does it say what you want it to? Right, and everybody's going. Wait, I never wrote a will. So I let me clarify. I think what you're getting at, because I, because you and I've talked about this enough, um, is if you do not write down your wishes, the government will tell you what your wishes are, because at some point your assets will be distributed. Now. Yeah, it's, they won't even bother to tell you. They'll just say, well, these are the statutes, and this is what we're going to do with yeah, your stuff. Is, yeah, but I mean, they're, yeah. they're directions, if you, right? If you so, have no will, there is a, a legally appointed way that those assets will be distributed. Right. So, But my point on that was, yeah, exactly. So if you don't tell them. Now, I know we've had Derek Simmons on the show, and we've talked about this before, and he's kind of said, well, you know, if it's just you and you have no heirs and don't have any friends and, I don't know, live in a hole, I guess, like... You can just go, great, when I die, the government can sort it out. And they will. They'll yep. sort it out. But otherwise, you can ha you have the right to dictate how your stuff is handled. Right. So even if you don't have a will, you have a will. That's the point. Right. But if you want specific things to happen, you should get a will. Right. Now, what makes a will viable? So a will needs, in order for it to be legal, it needs to be witnessed. And you need at least two witnesses. You can have more than that. But at least two people witness it, and I believe you also need to have it notarized. It should be. And the notary, what the notary does is make sure that it validates you are who you are and you're signing it and there wasn't some weird forgery or something right. like that. I don't so, know that the notary is a legal requirement, but I would strongly recommend you get two witnesses and a notary when that occurs because they are, in fact, validating that the parties are who they say they are and that this will was done legally and not under duress. Right. Or just falsely, right? Like somebody didn't forge your signature and say, hey, now I'm entitled to all your stuff. It's like that's why the yep. notary helps for that. So, yep. yeah. So there's one of them. And here's another thing about your will. You should know where it is. <laughs> and I, so should other people. people. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Don't don't hide it in the wall safe that nobody has the combination to. Like, 
you know, it's fine if you want to have a copy of it somewhere, but, you know, you should make, make your wishes known. And usually now they make you kind of an appoint a, a trustee, like a successor, right? So if you're gone, this person's kind of in charge of divvying up your stuff. So if nothing else, give that person a copy of it. So at least they kind of know what's going on or tell them where to find it. Yep. Right? Like, that's important. Again, don't hide it somewhere in between the mattresses and do something weird. And I... And by the way, I would say if you hide money in weird places, which, you know, you can do as an American citizen, uh, you should probably write it down somewhere in a note. So like it's like, a, hey, if I'm gone and you, you know, you find this note treasure map. Yeah. Go go make sure to dig the, you know, the money out of the cookie jar that I froze or something weird, because otherwise people might be selling stuff at yard sales and not realize there's eight hundred dollars stuffed in the purse pocket. Oh. You know, I've heard stories about people putting it in the walls of their house and then they die. The house gets sold and somebody's doing a remodel later and they come across thousands of dollars in the wall. I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And you're like, what, was this a drug deal or something? So, (laughs) nope. It's just somebody thought that was a clever way to have emergency storage. So, Ah, crazy, uh, crazy. I don't know that the insulation value of dollar bills is that great. My, so as sad as that sounds, my concern would be if nobody knows that money is in there and your house catches on fire. Yep. Bye bye. Yeah, you don't get that money back, right? So not necessarily the best storage place. Well, you know, we probably printed some more anyway. Oh, snap. Oh, boo. Okay. All right. So. A will. So the will is something you have, whether or not you say you have it. (laughs) Probably even more important if you, well, so when do you really need to get a will? Like really need it? When you're. When you have minor children. Yes. Okay. Because. Well, when you're. Married. Well, you know, again, married statutorily, you know, for the most part, transfers to your spouse. Right. So at least there's somebody still around that's going to be authorized to deal with stuff. But if you don't want your spouse to get the stuff, you better say so (laughs) because that's how it works. Or if you're bringing stuff into the marriage. Right. Oh, and it gets more complex if it's a second marriage. Uh, Right. Because now the previous kids may be included statutorily as well. And so the stepkids, it gets it gets interesting. Right. So it's. Again, my professional opinion, I can't give you advice, but I can tell you my professional opinion is worth getting a will. And it doesn't have to be thousands of dollars to do this, right? You can do them online. There are lots of other places. But if you don't know how to do it, yeah, get a competent pro to help you. You know, we've had Derek and other attorneys online on the show before. It's like, you know, do the, get it right. Right. But um, so the will. Next one on the list, and, and these are, Things that people don't think about, but advanced directive. Oh, those are hard. Okay. What is that? That's you dictating terms about your health while you're healthy. Right. It's the things that you want medically to have happen if you are not in a position to make the call. Right. Right. If you're in a coma, do you want them to try to keep you alive? Do you get a feeding tube or not? Any of those things. And a lot of this really stemmed out of, it's probably been 15 years ago now, but the case with Terry Schiavo, I think. Oh, is what it yeah, was, that was Who, awful. it was clinically brain dead. Right. And then like was still half the family wanted and, to pull the plug and the other half didn't. Uh, yeah, I think husband court. didn't, parents did. There was a big to-do about it. And of course, the hospital said, well, the first thing to do is we'll just keep them alive because until you guys we have less liability issue while you guys sort it out yeah right so that way we're not one of the parties okay right well if you have a do not necessitate order or something like that the hospital should know and you should have the documentation to be able to prove that because 
Otherwise, they're going to err on the side of not getting sued. Right. And I've seen I've seen instructions where they've said, you know, hey, like take a copy down to the hospital and put it on record. Right. Like yes. to your local hospital. Yeah. So, so. that is a, another option to consider. OK, so advanced directive will uh, consider also powers of attorney. They could be appropriate, too. If, if I'm out of the country or otherwise unable to make decisions on my behalf, do you have somebody that's a trusted and authorized party to step in? And here's the key on this one. Again, not providing legal advice, but the term, as I understand it, is a springing power of attorney, meaning you need an event to occur before it, it goes to live, in, yeah. right? Hey, I'm alive and happy and healthy, and I can make my own calls. Good. No, Nobody's power of attorney is going to take that away. Hey, I'm in a coma now. Well, it turns out we can prove it, and that person that has the springing powers will then be able to say, well, turns out here's the proof that they can no longer make the decision, and the courts will say, all right, you got it. Random question. Not that I'm advocating for this at all, but like, does that cover if people end up in jail randomly? <laughs> Not to my knowledge. Okay, I think I'm if just you're wondering. in jail, you still have decision authority. You're just don't have the ability to get there. <laughs> I'm just curious. I was like, well, because you're in a foreign country and do something on accident. I'm just yeah. asking it, you know, asking for a friend. Just so it's going to be not that kind me. of show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why my mind went there, but I was like, well, if you happen to be in a weird place, I don't know. Anyways. And I would say going back to the will really quick uh, is if you are making up your mind and you're thinking about your stuff and you're okay and you have a good relationship with your family, why don't you ask them what stuff of yours they would may want? Because it may surprise you. Like they may want some family heirloom that you didn't even think about. Yeah. And that's one. Yeah, just do that. I'm not even going to go there. I'm just going to say, get your will done. If there's stuff you want to see happen, make it happen. If the family needs to be involved, get them involved, right? But, you know, sitting on your hands or getting around to it and then not getting around to it, hey, you know, procrastinate now. Like, wait, what? So, no, you got to get this stuff done. So we're not going to procrastinate any longer. Okay, uh, let's do this. Break time. Okay? okay. Yep, there's the music. So when we come back, I want to talk to you guys about... There's, there's some confusion around terminology. You know, there's two different kinds of financial plans out there. And in the blocking and tackling world, you should understand both. We're going to unpack it when we come back after this profit break. Stick around and we'll be right back. This is Dave Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. You got True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN. Hey, gang, welcome back to The True Wealth Show. On truly a Tunday. <laughs> it, it has felt like a ton. Remember when you mix Mondays and Tuesdays together because the market took a holiday on Monday for Memorial Day? Salute. Yes. Oh, cute. And then you come back on Tuesday and you cram five days of work into four. Well, that Tuesday is a Tunday. And when it's on the first of the month and you got all that market stuff going on at the first of the month, it's a big, heavy ton. It's a metric ton day. It's a metric. <laughs> well, and for us... Particularly because it's not even like we're just cramming two eight-hour days into one, but we're cramming two eight-hour days into a six-and-a-half-hour day because we're here. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, 16, 16 into six-and-a-half. I day and I can't remember. Uh, I know, right? Like, that's eight-hour day. Everybody's like, that's, that's yeah. I know. What do you do with the other half of your work day? <laughs> and, then, and then there's, you know, some meals and sleep after that. What are you talking about? I work half days all the time. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they reach 12 hours. Exactly. Okay. All right. Two types of financial plans. So, yes. So, you were going we, to enlighten us about our financial yeah, if planning. If you remember, if you're tuning in now, we were doing some of the blocking and tackling. And it's 
Most investment folks love to talk about investments, but it's tricky when you're an investment advisor to get on air because you can't really give investment advice on a personal level. Right. right? You're like that's there's legal no-nos for that. So this show is not about giving you the specifics of your situation. It's about giving you the knowledge to know what you're dealing with, right? Or enough to understand, hey, well, no, I don't, don't want to deal with that. Right. I'll go have a pro. So we're not talking about which stocks or mutual funds or bonds or anything else to go buy. We could talk about things like where the interest rate is and whether or not that's potentially challenging or good for fixed income instruments. But right. we're not talking about that today. Ha no. ha ha. We're talking about financial planning and tackling. And yeah, so planning, which has got to be a four letter word in the financial world, right? Because planning, I mean, how many professionals call themselves planners? A lot. Right? I, mean, I think I've, almost all. Everybody seems to think, oh, I'm a financial consultant or I'm a financial planner. And uh, it just feels so generic now. And it's, you know, are you a planner? If you if you help somebody to figure out how much money they need to save for retirement, are you a retirement planner? That's true. Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I'm just like, thinking about like... You, you are, yeah. but, but, but you're not very comprehensive, right? You know, it's pretty narrow. If you help somebody with their 401k plan, but nothing else, are you a retirement planner or are you a 401k planner or are you a planner and i don't know that the general audience discerns the difference well that's largely my point is that my my take on this is that planning actually has a you know it's a pretty broad spectrum of things that go into it and it should be more comprehensive in nature right if you're doing a plan for somebody then it's about okay what do your circumstances require what are your goals what are the things that you need to do to get there? What are the things that could keep you from getting there that you should be trying try to build some contingencies around? Right. Right. And so I want to talk about the two different types of plans so that you, the listener, can be aware of what kind of professional you are potentially engaging if you are looking to hire somebody. Okay. Okay. Because... I think it's okay that somebody calls themselves a planner. The question is, what kind? The first type of plan that I want everybody to understand is what we call a goal-based plan. Oh, you're going to do that one first. Okay. Okay. Yep. And, and what's the other? Just well, so... no, no. Let it come oh, up. Right? No, no, no. I got a whole bag of that <laughs> with your name on it. But we're on the microphone. We can't do that. <laughs> goal-based planning. So what is that? What is a goal-based plan, Katie? Like if I say, okay, I want to retire at 50. Yep. That's my goal. Your goal is 50. And then the planner is going to say, well, then what are you working with now? Right. And they're going to say, and you know, so how old are you? You're like, I'm 49. It's like, okay, we got our work cut out for it. <laughs> All you need to <laughs> Let's do get out our abacus. is save $3 million, right? It's like, yeah, and you're like, okay. So, so you know, there's there's a lot more questions than that that, that somebody's going to ask. I want to retire at X age, but let's say it's 50 and let's say you're 35. Okay. So oh, we know you've so got generous. 15 years. Okay. And, you know, how much are you starting with? All right. And how much is your lifestyle going to cost? Right. Right. And you can use today's dollars or the future. Right. Usually we use today's dollars because you're going to need to look at 
how the purchasing power is going to change because of inflation. Right. You're going to look at how many years you have to grow and accumulate. Okay. And then you're going to say, well, how much can, how much do you need to save to get there? Or what rate of return do you need? Or combination of the two. And I always kind of look at it, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it's two different moving parts, right? So it's, it's like you said, how much income and how much money do you need to put at the plan to make the plan solvent? But also, you know, if you're paying down debt, like if you're, Part of that goal is to have your house paid off. Well, then it's like, okay, are we... Uh, uh, see, now you just uh, created a second goal. Oh. That's important as a distinguish... The, the distinguishment? Sure. Distinguishing factor. Whatever. It's just important. Distinguishing right? factor. Okay. That. Right? You need to realize that you just commingled some goals. Oh. Right? Because and I, you and said... It probably happens commonly. Oh, it's very normal. Right? So, oh, well, I need to... I want this much for retirement. You said, but when I, if I pay my house off, I need less. Right. right. So now you're doing two things. I'm saving for retirement and paying off a house. Right. Two different goals. Right. Okay. So, oh, and by the way, I've got, you know, a six-year-old at home and I want to help them with college. Now I've got a goal Three of saving goals. for that. Right. And also, I know that I'm going to need to replace the roof on my house here in the next 10 years. So I need to save for that. Right now, all of a sudden, I feel like my check's getting okay. chopped up into little pieces. Well, let's pretend that you're not. It doesn't. Okay. Because a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll go out and they'll plan for lots of other individual things. But right? they never so look I've at it as a whole picture. How much insurance should I get? What? Uh, how much house can I afford? Should okay. I rent or buy? I want to get a car. I want to take a vacation. Plan, 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 plan. Yeah, that's what it's, it feels like on a daily basis. It is modular. In nature, and what happens is sounds like Legos. Those goals don't exist in the context of how they work in your financial life. I can tell you how much money you need to retire, right? Hey, if if you want to make fifteen thousand dollars a month okay. in retirement, I can give you a sense of, well, you have this much today, you have this many years, and you just save this much and this rate of return, and it'll get you there. But what if you don't have enough money to save that much? Yeah, that would be my first question. Okay. That is a huge glaring gap in your plan. Well, it's a red flag, right? So then, then we have to make adjustments, do well, I? Well, it's not that it's a red flag. It may be a mechanical impossibility. If you earn $4,000 a month, but you have to save $6,000 a month to get to your plan, <laughs> you can't do it. Right. It, it fails. So right? then I need to figure out either that's, how yeah, to that's make just more so money. we're clear. Not a red flag. A mechanical a impossibility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like not happening. Although challenge accepted, right? Because then it's like, okay, so, well, then do I increase my income? Do I increase oh, my goal length of time? But you're you're now starting to compound goals. For me to do that, I need to not earn four thousand a month. I need to earn twelve thousand a month, so that I can pay taxes, support my lifestyle, and save six grand a month after that. Ah, all right. And you go, okay. How am I going to go from four thousand to twelve thousand in order to make this happen? And so you can see. Now the plan's getting more complex. We're adding more goals into the mix. And what we're doing is we're shifting to a second type of plan. Ah. Now you see why I held you okay, back. Okay, fine. Right? I held my bag. Okay. And it's because in order for goals to fit into context, the next level of planning is cash flow based. Right. So it's not just what's my inventory, but it's what is my cash churn you know what money is coming into and out of my life and where is it going so this is where you get back to rule number one right spend if you less, spend than, less you than you make and then you see how much is left over and you start ranking the goals 
and applying what's left to the different goals. And sometimes you figure out I have enough or I don't. If you don't, then we have to start moving the levers. What things do we change in the goal or what other behaviors must we change to free up capital, increase earnings, reduce expenses, or change the goal so that it becomes more achievable. I wanna have $5 million in retirement. That goal is really crazy. What if you could get to three? Would that be enough? What if you needed one? Right. What if you need 300,000? Right. Right. It depends on the lifestyle you're trying to design and what it costs to sustain it. Right. And so a, a more comprehensive plan will include those within the cash flow structure. And if you really want to take another layer beyond that, it's not just the cash flow part, but it's the contingencies, the risk management. Right. Right. The various things, you know, what happens if my income's interrupted? What happens if I die and I leave a spouse sort of stranded financially? What do I do? And this is where insurance and other elements come into the planning picture. Because those are tragedies, but they are still realities that could happen. So how do you navigate that, right? This is what more robust or comprehensive financial planning is. It's not, so a goal-based plan is a plan because the industry's given that language out. But the problem right. is it's like, we've teased before on this program, right? Risk is a four letter word. Risk means lots of things in the financial language. Right. Plan can but there's have, only so plan many things. has a, variety, a spectrum of meaning too. Right, but risk only has three ways you can deal with it. Right, you manage it, transfer it, or ignore it. Which and is ignoring it is still? Badly managing. So exactly. you really can only do two things. <laughs> exactly, so when we talk planning, this is what, uh, you you consider so i want to talk about one other part for all of you because we learned a lot today right we know if you just learn to spend less than you make <laughs> it's a tough revelation but i'm glad we got to you when we did right you know at least we could change the rest of your life hopefully you listening or out there have all figured out like well duh um we skipped over a lot of budgeting because it all fits in there right right budgeting helps you spend less than you make and there's pros out there that that's all they peddle is how to budget so yep. there's lots of tools we've talked about planning. We've well, we talked about the basics of, you know, getting your legal documents in order right. to run your life, right? It's kind of like you got to do your taxes, you should get a will, you should do some of those things. And then we we're talking about the plans, right? Goal-based versus comprehensive. Now let's talk about the last one. How do you develop a plan, execute, well, how about develop, implement, pay for, and execute? Is this the pathway to success? Uh, it's the last step, certainly, to the first step. Ah. But we got to take our last break first. So stick around and we'll be right back. If you want to know how do I get this plan thing figured out, last segment, home stretch. We'll be right back. This is Dave Littlejohn. And Katie Shuck. We got True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN. All right, gang, welcome back to the home stretch, the final countdown. I know. Man, you're like movie tuning it today. It's the final countdown. Okay. Oh, wait. I know, right? Um, gang, first of all, uh, you know, we're, we've we covered some ground today. I always remind you, check out the podcast, right? Littlejohnfs.com. And we've thrown out some free tools recently, by the way. I've uh, been trying to encourage everybody if you are interested in getting started with what we're about to talk about which is developing 
a financial plan. Uh, most plans start on a goal basis and then they sort of mature into a cash flow based plan, right? But you got to have some goals before you can get more granular than that. Well, and I feel like you need to look at both, right? What are my goals and then what's my cash flow? Yes. So they, they all sort of work together. So we've got some great tools to help you if you want to get started on this pathway. Uh, what I want to encourage you to do is you write this one down. So it's a web page and it's been shortened, right? So it's bit.ly. So like bit.ly and a forward slash LJ Asset Map, all one word. So Little John Asset Map, LJ Asset Map, and that's it, right? If you go to bit.ly slash LJ Asset Map, we have a form that you can, it'll, it'll help you start to build out a plan. And it starts by helping you build an inventory and then some ideas for what you are looking to accomplish. And so this is something that we can help you get down that path. It is a free tool to use. And right, okay? having an inventory, everybody needs to have an inventory. Yeah, like even if you did Dave Ramsey to get out of debt, he still makes you do an inventory. Yeah. And this one, we commonly call this a treasure map right. underneath our roof because it helps you to know where everything is. Right. right. The first step, and, and here's the beauty of it also. We talked about getting a will. Good start is to know where everything is that the will has to talk about. <laughs> right. Okay? Sorry. So, that was a little slobbery, yes, but yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a legitimately good tool, so check it out again. Uh, bit.ly slash LJ, LJ Asset, Asset Map. Map. Okay. You can also go to our webpage, and it is, I believe, in the webpage if you sneak around. But that one in particular, uh, if you can't find it, just email us at info at littlejohnfs.com, and we'll get it to you that I'll way. So you go to our webpage, and you can email us and say, hey, I need that map tool. We got you. Okay. So the last thing I want you all to understand when we're talking about planning is um, how do plans materialize? Okay. There are lots of tools online, including at our own webpage. If you're at littlejohnfs.com, you can look under the uh, plan, and there's tools. Under the planning section, there's a tools category. And there's all these calculators, and you can go do stuff for free. And oh, you can kind I of love build those a lot calculators. of calculators. Huh? I love those calculators. Oh, I use them all the time. We I think use them they're with great. our clients. They're, like these are quality calculators that you can go in, but they're very modular in nature. It's a piece at a time. So you're not going to assemble the whole thing. You're going to do one little part, and then you're going to use yeah. a different calculator. How much is my 401k part. worth in the future? Right. So you can play that game. Uh, so there are a lot of free tools if you want to just kind of look around at certain pieces of it. Right. Okay. Uh, the way it often happens in the financial landscape, somebody trying to sell you something is going to offer some kind of tool that's then going to be used to justify why you should buy a thing from them. Right. right. Life insurance loves to calculate how much life insurance you need so you'll buy life insurance. Okay. The expression goes, if everything's a, if all you have is a hammer, everything's a nail, right? So Aww. keep that in mind. True. But that's also uh, things aren't really free. Right? I mean, the, like, things in this world are not really free. Somebody's made a decision. Like when we give stuff away on this program, some of it is actually just warm fuzzy, like put out good in the universe kind of thing with the hope that it comes back. Some of it is because many of you will get too busy. You will have too many things on your plate and you need a trusted pro. And we hope that when you are shopping, maybe we make the lists and you talk to us, right? right? That's why we do give out the phone number. But this information is good with or without you hiring us. That's the point. It is supposed to be good information. So right. when you are looking at a plan, if you are doing modular plans, there's DIY tools. If you work with a the planner, there's two primary ways you're going to pay for it. It's either through some kind of fee that's in the products that, that you're buying from yeah, them. Yeah, so you're paying for them by the hour. Okay. Well, no, that's different, right? Oh. Some kind of fee 
when you are buying products from them. If you're they're managing your investments, they oh, may oh, include oh, it as part of it. You're right. If you're buying life insurance or mutual funds or something else, then this is all part of the process to get you comfortable buying the thing. Okay. Or it is something that you bought the thing and they throw this in as a value add with the thing. Okay. Okay. It's a business decision. Right. Because okay? it wasn't free. Somebody traded their time to convince you to do business with them so that they would make money in some form or fashion. Right. Okay. So just be aware of that. The other is the traditional model, much like many lawyers and accountants use, which is you're paying for a professional by the hour. You're going to sit down and you're going to invest time together. They're going to help you build all of this. They're going to take their knowledge and expertise, all the shortcuts that they've learned to concentrate it in that time, help distill it down and get it done for you. Okay. And so that's what professionals do is they, you know, use all that time, talent and experience and they leverage to help you, but they charge for the service. It may be a flat fee where they say it costs this much and we just do it. It may be by the hour. It may be some combination, but be aware that that's how the industry compensates people is this fee for time and trade. Right. Okay. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. And if you go out there and you use a bunch of free tools, keep in mind, hey, why do we have free tools on our webpage? Again, we are trying to... We want your eyeballs. Give you, yeah, we're, you're we're, giving we're, it away because we want you to like well, us. Well, we're... Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> it. It's, it's like we're building trust. At some point, if you have a need, we hope that we have built the trust. Right. Uh, it is earned, right? You, nobody just gets trust because you show up. you got to earn it. Okay. And so that is our commitment to all of our clients. So what I would tell you is if you are trying to figure out a discovery pathway for your own plan, uh, if you're still trying to figure out what to do in this investment world, which is upsy downsy and who knows about, you know, inflation and money printing or markets crashing or real estate through the roof or wage inflation or unemployment. Check out our YouTube channel because you talk about a lot of those things on our YouTube channel. We talk about a bunch of it and more, all of our podcasts. But you know what they can do? Call us. Exactly. How do you reach us? 541-375-0898. All right. Um, also, info at... LittleJohnFS.com. Yes. See, we complete each other's sentences Aww. at this point. Uh, we'd love to help you. So uh, don't hesitate to give our office a call. There's no pressure. Uh, there's no consult fee for an initial consult. We just want to get you pointed in the right direction. So uh, if you don't call us, call somebody, but make sure you get the help you need. Uh, until next time, we're out of time. Thanks as always, Katie. This has been Dave Littlejohn. And, and, Kate, okay. and Katie Shuck. <laughs> the preceding program was paid for by Littlejohn Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.